the whole loft family hadn't all been around one table since Christmas. In spite of the desperate circumstances that had brought them all together, Saturday morning breakfast was clearly being enjoyed. Nicholas had arrived on Friday evening, having received Jude's emergency email and catching the first available plane. The process of getting hold of Nicholas had become more complicated in the last couple of years. Oil rig health and safety, he had explained, had banned mobile phones. <clears throat> Itch and Chloe's elder brother, Gabriel, had caught a bus down from Coventry and got home near midnight. It was now just after 8am and early risers that they were, the lofts were all sitting in their usual places around the kitchen table. Itch sat opposite Gabriel and looked as though his elder brother had another piercing in his left ear. That would make a total of four in that ear and three in the other. He was loft tall, of course, but appeared to have stopped growing just shy of his father's six foot four. His hair was darker and less wavy than Itch's, but was considerably longer. Coffee, juice, toast and cereal were passed around and for the moment the conversation was light-hearted. There was news to catch up on from Gabriel's university and Nicholas's oil rig before they discussed the break-in. You guys know all this, I realise, said Gabriel, but I'm playing catch-up here. Mom told me some stuff when she rang, but this, he gestured in some, to some of the contents of the kitchen which still lay in the corners of the room where they had been thrown, this is something else. This is shocking. I never realized it was so bad. You should have seen it when we got back here on Thursday, Itch said. Everything had been thrown around, cushions, books, CDs, DVDs, cutlery, food, plates, bedding, all on the floor. Mom's office was trashed too, the drawers emptied. And my shoes were thrown everywhere, said Chloe. My clothes too, why would they do that? Her dad reached out and held her hand. It was quite late when we got back from the hospital, said Jude, but the police were still here. They said it was a crime scene and that we shouldn't be moved we shouldn't be moving anything till they had finished. We just sat here eating pizza. We were surrounded by pans and packets of food were scattered all over the place, but we were only allowed to sit and eat. When they left, we were too tired to clear up and we just moved what we needed to get into our beds and started first thing yesterday. What did the hospital say, Itch? asked Gabriel, pointing at his brother's head with a piece of toast. I had x-rays and all that, which took forever, but they didn't find anything. What? They didn't find anything in your head at all, asked Gabriel. That explains a lot. Itch flicked a crust at him, and everyone laughed. They argued with, with Mom about letting me come home, but when she explained about the break-in, eventually they agreed. She was getting quite worked up, weren't you, Mum? I think I might have been quite forceful, yes, said Jude, recalling the events of Thursday night. But I did promise to get in touch if she went on having headaches or felt sick. There was a loud and jaunty knock on the front door. That can only be your brother, said Jude to her husband. He and Zoe are here, were here yesterday helping clear up. They said they'd pop back. Nicholas went to open the door and returned in conversation with his brother John, followed by Jack and then Zoe Loft carrying some fresh bread and a large bag of croissants. John was four years younger than his brother, but looked older. His black hair was greying at the temples. He was, if anything, slightly taller than Nicholas, but stooped slightly, as though embarrassed by his height. He wore jeans and, as he always did, a t-shirt with show of hands, his favourite band on the front. He smiled when he saw the family. Now that's a sight for sore eyes. We're all here and there's coffee too. His voice was lighter than his brother's and the accent stronger. He greeted them all one by one. Good to see you, Gabriel. Glad, glad you could get down. 
Terrible thing here, terrible thing. How are you this morning, itch? Your neck still looks bad. There was, there were deep red bruises where flower juice fingers had squeezed it. Yes, it feels rough. It's the back of my head that hurts the most though. Itch turned his head and Jack and her mother winched and gasped at the same time. The back of Itch's head was swollen and still bloodied, despite the treatment and dressing he had received at the hospital. A recently applied antiseptic cream was smeared over most of the swelling, but blood was still seeping through where his skin had split. Jack hugged Gabriel and sat down next to Chloe. Zoe put the croissants on the table and took a seat next to Itch. She was slim and serious looking, with high cheekbones, and was dressed in a three-quarter length khaki trousers and a white shirt. Her shoulder length dark hair was wet and left a damp patch on Itch's t-shirt, where he, he where it brushed against him. Sorry, Itch, early morning swim. Let me look at you. Zoe smiled as she peered over the top of her oval-shaped glasses. She shook her head slightly and patted Itch. Her dad sighed. Basically, there's no one else, unless you fancy moving to Russia or Greenland. That's where they're recruiting now. Maybe not, said Gabriel, though Christmas in Greenland might be fun. He smeared some marmalade on his toast. Do they think flower dew broke in here too? Surely that's crazy. Itch felt the back of his head again. But that's the point. He is crazy and vicious too. So just to be clear, said John, the police are working on the theory that flower dew broke in here and then attacked Itch. Really? A teacher? That's what they th think, John, yes, said Nicholas. And all over a rock, said Gabriel. One of your collection, Mom said. Stolen from him by someone after he took it off you. What is it, gold or something? He must want it very much. Well, apparently, yes, Itch filled his brother in on the history of the radioactive rock. And without the bits about breaking into his teacher's house or about the beach hut. The shed was trashed. I'm not sure, said Itch, but Cake was right, wasn't he? This is one popular piece of rock. So let's assume that he and Flower Dew are right and that it is something special, something to do with the reading and the amount of radioactivity it's giving off. And also that Flower Dew and his mates are definitely the last people on earth who should get their hands on it. He looked at Jack. We need to get it out of the beach hut. Flower Dew obviously doesn't know we have one or that would be trash too and he would have found it. I've cycled past a couple of times and it's fine, but he'll soon find out sooner or later. Can't you just throw it into the sea or something? asked Chloe. Surely it's caused enough trouble. Itch looked downcast. I know. I've been thinking about that. Throwing it into the sea isn't an option because if it is radioactive, presumably it could pollute the marine life. But you're right about it causing trouble. If only Flower Dew hadn't attacked me, I could have got it to Mr. Watkins by now. But after what happened at school, I can't just hand it over now and say, oh yeah, sorry, I had it all the time. Flower Dew was right. Sorry you got glassed in the head, Mr. Harris. He stood up and looked out of his bedroom window. It was a cool day with low clouds and light drizzle. He gazed at what was left to the, of the shed. The door kicked in and most of its contents scattered around the garden. He had retrieved his element collection over a few hours of searching through the flowers and bushes and a lot of the smaller items were now temporarily rehoused in his rucksack. Most of the larger ones would have to stay outside. He hadn't yet mentioned to his mother that he'd brought much of his collection back inside, but supposed he should do so soon. The rucksack sat by the side of his bed. He put his hand on it. You know, he said, what with the trouble this rock has caused and the gas in the greenhouse, this little collection has caused a lot of grief. He sat in his bed and looked at Chloe and Jack. 
mass sickness, students and a teacher in hospital, a teacher with glass in his head. That's quite a price to pay for a hobby, don't you think? Chloe and Jack looked at each other. <clears throat> and now the break-in, he continued. The whole house turned upside down and everyone's things thrown everywhere. That's my fault too. But it's not like you did it on purpose or anything, said Chloe. You didn't know what would happen with the arsenic. And the rock is all flower juice fault. Jack found it hard to disagree <coughs> with Itch's logic, even if Chloe was right about Itch not having meant for those things to happen. What do you want to do, Itch? She asked him. The rock still needs to be moved. That's the most important thing. Itch looked up at her. You're right. And you know what I should do? Give it back to Cake. In fact, give it all back to Cake. He stood and picked up the rucksack. I'm not sure I want to carry on collecting elements if this is what happens. Chloe looked stunned. But you've been collecting them for years, Itch. You love this stuff. You can't just give it all away. And, said Jack, there's no one else I know with a collection like it. It's what you do, Itch. Maybe, said Itch, and sat down on the bed again. But let's get the rock and take it to Cake anyway. He can have it. I don't want it anymore. He'll know what to do with it. Jack was looking at Itch's new Table of Elements poster. He had replaced the one that had been blown off the wall by the phosphorus explosion and had again marked off the elements he owned. Where's uranium then? Number, 20, 22, number 92, said Itch without looking up. Bottom line, fourth from the left. Jack traced her finger along the final row, stopping at a picture of a piece of silvery white metal. That doesn't look like our rock, she studied it carefully. Not even close. She scanned the assorted photos and pictures that accompanied each of the 118 elements. It looks more like lead or iron. Itch stood up and joined Jack. It's not like a bird spotting guide, Jack, but I agree. It doesn't look like uranium. All the radioactive elements are high numbers from 84 onwards. That, he pointed to a photo of another silvery gray metal, is polonium. It's what killed some ex-KGB agent in London. I assume uranium isn't quite as nasty, said Chloe. No, that's why the rock must be something else. Where did you say cake lived? asked Jack. I think it's out by the St. Haven's boil heap, said Itch. That's a number 22 bus from the golf course, said Jack, and a short walk once you get to the St. Haven. If you think you're up to it, Itch. I'm fine now, he told her. Is it safe to just carry the stone there? asked Chloe. If it's as radioactive as they are saying, can't we put it in a box or something? Jack and Itch thought about that one. They had both felt extremely uncomfortable cycling home with it and didn't relish the prospect of taking it on a bus one bit. It's in the lead glove, but I wonder if we could make our own lead box too, said Itch. He went downstairs and Jack and Chloe watched from the window as he disappeared into what was left of the shed. He emerged waving a length of pipe in one hand and a mallet in the other. It's a piece of old water pipe, he said when he came back into the room. Used to be on the roof here. They made them from lead until they realized it was making everyone ill. Jack laughed. Do you really... No, you really wouldn't want to go around poisoning people, would you? Itch smiled weakly. All right, point taken. The piece of pipe was a dirty grey colour and covered with dust and cobwebs. About 30 centimetres long and six or seven centimetres across. It was just wide enough for the rock to fit snugly inside. Itch wiped it on his t-shirt and blew down one end, sending a cloud of dust and grit over his bed. Mom will love that, said Chloe. I'll blame Flowerdew. Itch put the pipe on the floor, gently at first, until he had worked out how much force 
to use. He started to hit one end with the mallet. As the lead started to dent and fold, he turned it slowly. In two minutes, he had closed off one end completely. Will it keep the radiation in? asked Jack. This was what Itch had been asking himself as he bashed the pipe. The truth was he had no idea. He shrugged. Yes, a bit. Don't know. Very scientific answer, Itch, said Chloe, and they all smiled. Right, said Jack, let's get that magic rock and catch the next bus to St. Haven.